Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. This is Luli from Blackbridge, and I'd like to introduce you to my personal Rise and Run intro. Thank you for this interesting podcast. I've just found it, and I fell in love. I love running, but have never run marathons. I would appreciate if anybody can advise me how to start marathoning in UK. Luli, thank you for that nice intro. We appreciate it. Let's see if our friends in the UK, and we have several, can help you out with finding some marathons to run. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 64 of the Rise and Run podcast, and Merry Christmas. We're glad you're here with us. I'm Bob. I am here this evening with Greg. Hey, hey, hey. With Lexi. Hi. With Allie. Hi, friends. With John. Hey, how you doing? With Jack. Hi. And with Alicia. Hello. Let's see, friends. We Tonight, we're, of course, we're getting very close to uh, Marathon Weekend. We've got some guests with us tonight. We've got Heather. You may know Heather from her podcast, Runners Without Limits, or perhaps from her YouTube channel, but we think you'll enjoy her interview. And in the Race Report Spotlight, we've got Michael, who you may know. We we interviewed Michael, but you may know him from Instagram as Run Disnerd. Uh, he talked he's here to talk about the Mount Dora run in central florida and answer that question is there really a mountain in central florida michael will let us know gang as of the time that we are recording this we are 14 days 12 hours and 30 minutes away from the start of the marathon weekend expo what by the time we release it two days later 12 days i can't do the math but i'm I'm retired as a stats teacher i can't do math anymore okay i'm done I finished yesterday. So golly, you're getting close. And Princess is six weeks after. So we're eight weeks from Princess. If you're still on the training schedule, you're in taper time for marathon weekend. You've got six miles on Saturday. Princess, if you're running the challenge, you've got to double up two miles and nine and a half miles. If you're running the half, it's nine and a half miles this week. Hey, thinking about it, here we are, okay? The training accomplishments, the stuff you guys have done so far. Hey, remember when you were complaining about the heat? When you were going out and it was 84 degrees with a dew point of 77 and you thought you'd melt? No. (laughs) I'll bet you do. (laughs) And I'll bet you don't feel that way right now. Absolutely not. It's cooling off. So many of you have finished your dopey sim this last weekend. It was, I'm really, I was, I was really proud looking at all the folks who finished. If you had a little trouble, we've got Jeff Galloway coming next week. He's got some advice for you about how things, what, what, what to look for and how to get past those last couple training runs. Um, One more thing, and gang, I know some of you saw this. 
the uh, the marathon weekend meetup chat thread. Was that amazing or what? It's so cool. Oh, I, I was I was so proud of the. I mean, and it was all it was all listener based. I when I put the meetup when I when I created the meetup, I created the chat. Just I just pressed a button that says create chat. Didn't add anything to it, and all of a sudden, over the weekend, my watch starts getting these notifications. You've got an alerts. You've got a notification. Rise and run chat. You got a notification. Week up weekend meetup chat. You guys were amazing. I am I am so proud of what you did on that. That is really cool. The way you supported one another. So congratulations to everyone who finished your dopey sim. You should be feeling great. You you really should. If you finished that thing, you knocked it out in the right amount of time. That you you should have the confidence now to know you can go to Disney World and meet those goals that you set so many months ago. If you're still on the edge, you're still in there. You've done the hard work. I'm telling you, it's going to pay off. There's pixie dust that they sprinkle on you as you go across the start line, and it'll get you to the finish. If not, I'll be walking towards the back. Hop on, I'll carry you. I didn't mean that. I would if I could, though. <laughs> I would if I could. The uh, The event guy got released and by the time this episode comes out it will have been about a week ago but we still think it's worthwhile to take a little time especially for folks who haven't been down there before to go through the event guide and tell you some of the highlights that we gleaned out of it and let's break this down we'll talk about the expo we'll talk about the races and maybe a little bit about post race what can you, what you can expect that's in the event guide. So let's start with the expo. And I think Alicia, you wanted to chat about that. Is that right? Yes, Bob. Um, so the first piece of info, and we've kind of talked about this, they're going to have the virtual queue for the Run Disney merchandise back for Marathon Weekend. Um, so if you'd like to join that queue, that will open at 8.30 a.m. on My Disney Experience, um, which is Wednesday, January 4th. Um, so if you'd like to join that, um, you can to get into the virtual queue. The virtual queue is only going to be for the first day of the expo again. So if you go any of the other days and you want to get the Run Disney merchandise, you don't need to do the virtual queue. A few more notes about the virtual queue. You can select up to six friends um, as long as you are all linked on My Disney Experience. Um, and put that in. And again, this is only from the Run Disney merch. Some other notes about the expo, make sure that you have your event waiver signed. You can do that on your Run Disney account, um, and then you will get a check-in pass that they'll send out a couple days before you get to the expo that you'll need to get your bib. Um, make sure you have that in your ID if you're over 18. The expo transportation. Um, if you're going to take the bus transportation that they provide, it will start a half hour before the expo opens. So on the first day, it will be at 930. And just for those first timers out there, people who haven't done um, the Run Disney races before, the bus transportation the whole weekend are big buses like Greyhound buses rather than the Disney buses that you would normally take to the park. So just FYI. So you're looking for that instead of the other buses. 
The regular expo area is going to be in the athletic center and there will be people there and lots of signage of which building is which because it is kind of confusing if you're a first timer. But in the regular expo area, I know a lot of people have asked if KT tape is going to be there and taping for if you have any injuries or areas that you want to get taped up. And yes, KT tape will be there. And also our friend um, Pam from Fluffy Fizzies will also be there. She is doing an order pickup for the expo again. So if you'd like to get some um, merchandise from her, you can go on our affiliate link on our website, Rise Around Podcast, and make sure you use the code Happy Running to get 10% off your order. I already got mine and I'm very excited for it. <laughs> um, and the last thing is that big pickup is in the field house. And something different for this race weekend, most of the time, um, if you've gone to the races before, all of the bib pickups are usually on the main floor, but Dopey will actually be upstairs for this race weekend. So if you're doing Dopey, it will be upstairs and you'll also get your shirts for Dopey. If you're, if you're solely doing Dopey, you'll get your shirts in that building. But if you're doing any of the other races, you will get them in the athletic center in the regular expo is where you'll get your shirts. Alicia, real quick, uh, the KT folks used to tape one body part for free. I don't think they do that anymore, do they? Um, I personally do not use KT tape, so I can't speak on that. But I think Allie got hers taped. When I went last time, I did not have to pay to have my knee taped up. Okay. All right. Thanks, Allie. Um, general comment. We heard from Pam, and I saw it in the guide. The expo is back to full size. Uh, if you've only been back to run Disney in the last year or so, those expos were all just a bit smaller. Even the one at Wine and Dine this year, though, it was getting back to it. This one, the bleachers on the left side as you walk in, remember they were all covered. Well, this year there are, are this weekend, there are booths over there. So we're back to a full up expo. That's neat. And don't forget, I always remind people every event, Jeff Galloway's got a booth there. Go say hi to Jeff. I promise you, you will not regret that. All right, Alicia, thank you. That's a good uh, good summary of what to expect at the Expo. Let's talk about the races. Let's start with the 5K. Jack, I think you wanted to talk about the 5K. Yeah. It's your first day of running, you guys. There That's you go. so exciting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right. So uh, the race start will be at 5 a.m. with the buses at your hotel starting at 3 a.m. It is highly recommended to make sure you get to Epcot around 4 a.m. so that you have enough time to do any drop bags or um, get your, getting yourself situated and walk into the start line. Definitely try and get there before 4 a.m. Uh, the buses will be going, but the monorail and the Skyliner will not. You will not have that available for the 5K or the 10K. So just using that as a reminder. But they did advertise that if you would like to use the minivan lift, that is an option that you can partake in if you do believe that would be a little bit easier or quicker for you uh, to use to get to the races. In terms of the race itself, you will be starting at the back of Epcot parking lot. And you'll have a little bit of back roads all the way up to just after one mile. And then you will enter through uh, the back of Mexico 
do your full circle around the lagoon because we know how much we love going to go through all the countries <laughs> and then exiting uh, right next to Mission Space and, of course, where we usually finish just outside of Epcot. Um, if you're a spectator, this should make it very easy since it is the 5K to only uh, to go ahead and start where the start line is in the back of the parking lot and still be able to make it to the finish line. So you should find that relatively easy. You can track your runner uh, through the tracking app that you can get set up at the expo. And just a heads up for all of the races collectively, if you do decide that you would like to drive your own car, please be advised that you need to be there before for uh, 4.30 in the morning because they will do road closures for the races. So if you do not get there before, then it might be a little bit of an adventure, to put it lightly. Don't <laughs> yeah. yeah. be abandoning your car on the side of the road yeah. and walking to the race. Be a yeah. little bit longer race, won't it? Yeah. Jack, you uh, you mentioned gear check. I don't know if a lot of folks use gear check for the 5K, but it's the same process for every race. How does gear check work? Yeah, so at the expo, you will be getting a um, clear bag. And with that, you will use that for each of the races if you choose to do the gear check. Um, so whatever items that you would like to put in the bag that you don't want on you during the race, you go ahead, put them in the bag, and then they'll advise you where to go from there. And there'll be like little trucks um, and you will go there and they will have a little sticker on there that they'll put on the bag so they know it's yours. But they do uh, have a way for you to make sure and identify uh, which uh, number a letter that you are associated with your bag. Because uh, if you forget it, don't worry, there's a fail safe uh, <laughs> to make sure you can always find your bag um, when you get done with the races. Did they not use your bib number? No. Oh, that's, I'm surprised to hear that. That would seem to be the logical way. Anyway, good. Thanks for that. No problem. Uh, 10K. So for the 10K, which is on Friday, the race starts at 5 a.m. And you can go to the buses. They start at 3 People sometimes line up before, so if you feel like you want to be on that first bus, get there a little bit early. And they'll run until 5, but we don't want you to get on the 5 a.m. bus because that's when the, the race starts. <laughs> so maybe that's for somebody who is, I don't know, getting um, being a spectator for a late starter. Or maybe they're really mm -hmm. fast and they just get late. Anyway. Also, it's very common, too, that... Um, the buses can be a little late or a little delayed or stuck in traffic. So I definitely recommend trying to get there on at least like by the 4 a.m. bus. If you're driving, you need to be in the Epcot parking lot again by 4 a.m. The buses and ride shares only again for this one. No monorail or Skyliner for this one. And you'll still have access to food and coffee in the morning. You'll have the bag check. The medical tent is there. You'll have characters and photo ops. So there'll be plenty to do in the morning when you get there. And then you'll head to the corrals where there'll be more bathrooms and water. And the corrals for this race are very close to the start. So you kind of just cross over a little barrier and you're right there. Um, as far as the course map goes, compared to last year, it's very different. Last year we went through Hollywood Studios and Epcot. Um, but this year we are going just through Epcot and starts and finishes in Epcot. So the first two miles are the fun um, roads around Epcot. Then you come in um, through behind the figment 
part of the figment ride. And if you're the kind of person who doesn't start in Mexico and you start in Canada, well, this race is for you because (laughs) we're going to be starting and turning right and going into Canada. Then we're going to exit um, by the Skyliners and go around the boardwalk and the boardwalk resort. Then we're going to come right back in where we left and we're going to finish around the world showcases and come right around and go out kind of behind Guardians of the Galaxy and then finish in the Epcot parking lot again. And then at the end, you'll have the same shoot that we usually have, which is the medical tents and the Powerade and all of that stuff. So you can get your your medals in your boxes and get refueled and refreshed and ready to go for the next day. Yeah, you get to collect boxes, especially yeah. if you're running dopey. And again, I, I realize some people are going to do this for the first time. We're talking to we're talking about a, a run Disney box that has food in it. It's got, we're always talking about the plastic cheese. It's not really plastic, <laughs> but I don't think it's, but I don't think it's really cheese either. Uh, <laughs> there's a banana there. There's, uh, it varies what's in there. Fruit roll up. Yeah. <laughs> I, fruit, I didn't yeah. get a fruit roll up. <laughs> Last time there was. Also, a a pro tip too, if they're giving you something at the end of the race, even if you don't need it at the end of the race, let's say it's a Mylar blanket or a cooling towel, take it because you may need it for the next morning. So you might need a Mylar blanket. It might be cold the next morning or chilly, um, even if it's hot at the end of your race on the 10K. Good pro tip. If they're they're offering the blankets, I'd absolutely take them because many a day I've worn them the next day morning, just like you said, Allie. Thanks. Or you might want the cooling towel for the marathon. So, you know, even if you don't need it, grab one so that you can have it for that. Okay. 5k, 10k down. Let's do the half. That's me. The half marathon is on Saturday, January 7th. It has a 5 a.m. start. The Run Disney transportation, same as what we've talked about, um, except with a half marathon, the transportation starts at 2.30 a.m., and runs until 4.30 a.m. That's 30 minutes earlier that the buses start running. Another difference from the first two races, guests staying at Magic Kingdom resorts must use the monorail for the half and the full marathon. So there's not going to be bus transportation to get to the start. You have to use the monorail for Magic Kingdom resorts. So that's contemporary Polynesian Grand Floridian. I wonder about Shades of Green. I'm not sure. I'm not either. It's, it's right across the street. I'll, I'll find out. And if you're not sure, the information will be in the lobby of your hotel. Exactly. It will be in the lobby and you will have any cast member in the lobby of the hotel will most likely know the answer or know where to direct you to get the answer. Again, the Skyliner transportation to the races is not going to be operating. So you can't get to the start via the Skyliner. Um, As far as the start area goes, um, it's set up a little bit differently than the 5K and the 10K. You have the reunion area that's in the same spot as the, the other races, but whenever you go to the start, you kind of have a little walk around in order to get to where the corrals are. There'll be signs and there'll be Thousands of other people walking in that direction, so just follow them. Um, (laughs) A little note, though, that's runners only that can go that way. So you have to say goodbye to your spectators and leave them in the reunion area before you go to the walkout. Um, And they will be checking bibs to make sure that 
um, only runners are going through there. Um, I did also notice that with this race, as opposed to the last couple, um, it looks like we have starting corrals A through F. Um, so it's one additional one from last year, I believe. Yeah, it could be. I, I think it's probably more entrance this year, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, with Expo being full capacity, I'm sure that the, the race is full capacity, too. Um, so let's move on to the race course. It is almost identical to the last year's race course. You start in Epcot, go through a lot of road to get to Magic Kingdom, go through the castle. It goes through uh, Frontierland, um, and then you get back on the road, go past Grand Floridian, Shades of Green entrance, and go up the the one overpass that is in Disney races. Um, the only difference that I saw from last year is after you're in Epcot, you go behind Mission Space as opposed to going in front of Mission Space to get to the finish line. Okay, cool. Uh, I would toss in a couple things. I think in the half, the castle is at about, and Lexi, I don't know if it happened in front of you or not, about five miles or so approximately for the castle? The castle is right when when you're going down Main Street. That's when the five-mile mark is. Okay. Okay, cool. So you're going to take off sometime between 5 and 6 a.m. It gets light in Florida. Now, I think sun up is, I don't know, 7, 7.05, something like that. But it starts to get light around 6.30, 6.40. If you can get to the castle at about the time that the sun's coming up, it's fantastic. It's it's the best. You, you got the dark sky behind it. The castle's still lit. You can see some of the, it, it's just, if you can make the pace to do that, I think it's worth your while. Even if at that point you slow down completely and uh, just after that, the rest of the race, whatever comes, comes. I will say, make sure you don't push too hard at the beginning of the half to get to that point. Do with what you practiced. <laughs> yeah, stick with what you practiced. But if, if it's something you can do, it's worth doing. Because unless you're really fast, you're not going to do it for the full. Because I think the uh, castle for the full doesn't come in until about the 12 or 13 mile mark. So it's worth doing, gang. If that's uh, within the realm of possibility for you, give it a shot. If not, like Lexi said, stick with what you practiced. It's going to be beautiful either way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yes, most magical turn in racing, right on, right turn on the main street, and you get to do it twice if you're doing go goofy or doopy. Yeah, if you're doing goofy or dopey. Uh, well, speaking of goofy or doopy, uh, let's. We, if you're doing dopey at this point now, you are almost halfway through in your mileage. I didn't mean, I haven't said that up to this point. I didn't mean to scare anybody, but the halfway point of the dopey run is about mile two of the marathon. So, which if you think about it is a lot. We won't think about it, Bob. We won't think about it at all. I won't mention it again. <laughs> I promise. Um, but speaking of marathon, John, what do you got on the marathon? So the marathon is on uh, Sunday, January 8th. Uh, transportation is basically the same as the half. It's going to start at 2.30 a.m. in the morning to 4.30. And 
the monorails to Epcot are going to start at 2.30 a.m. for Magic Kingdom Resort guests only. So uh, for the Magic Kingdom Resort guests, you have to use the monorail to get get to Epcot. The Star Corrals are going to be in the same position that they are for the half. Uh, you're going to leave Reunion Area, do the walkout, uh, Star Corrals A through F again. So everything's pr- so far the same as the half marathon in the start. Race course, a little interesting this year. It's a little different than last year's. One note is uh, you're going to come back around, come come around by test track, go back out of Epcot and hit the road. So you're going to start on the road, come come through Epcot, go back out around, then head out down to the Magic Kingdom. Uh, this year, you're going to go down Main Street, going to go down to uh, Tomorrowland, but this time you're going to head toward the back by Barnstormer and head around in the back of Fantasyland, go by uh, Ariel, be our guest. We'll come through the castle, head down toward Liberty Square, head over toward uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, loop around by Splash Mountain, then exit out by Pirates, it looks like. Uh, then head down toward uh, Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom is going to be a, I guess you want to call it almost like, almost like an out and back, but uh, you're going to go down Animal Kingdom, go through the park, come back out, and then head on down to uh, Blizzard Beach, walk through the parking lot for a little bit, head toward Hollywood Studios, hop through the studios, and back to Epcot. Things to note is that the there's going to be 19 water stops and five food stops on the course. So if you're worried about water and food, uh, there will be 19 food and water stops. Yeah, at five food stops, that's more than normal. 19? 19 water stops, it says wow. on the map. So, that's yeah. incredible. <laughs> about every mile and a half or so. Yeah, so if you're worried about hydration, this might ease your, your mind. Or you could count down the water stops. So you could just be like, instead of 26 miles, I only have ni- 19 more water stops. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we've talked the expo. We've talked the races. We had some questions. And I would like to go over these questions. A lot of several questions that were asked were answered in the brief, but let's take a look here. One of the questions was for pre-race snacks and drinks. Can you order ahead or do you pay for these? Now, I saw the question at your hotel, they will sell typically a race packet the day before. Uh, Anybody ever bought it? I think it's got a bagel, a banana, maybe some peanut butter, something like that. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly what it is. I, I think there's a granola bar in there. And there's, so I've done it a few times. It's a bagel and I'll have, I think you might have to ask for cream cheese um, in the uh, food court. And then it has like a small bottle of water. And then, yeah, I do believe it's like a granola bar or something like that. It's packed. You can take it on the bus with you going towards the race. That's one way to do it. I, I drive, so I typically bring my own stuff with me but that's available pre-race the night before. Also in the food court, the toasters are unplugged and you have to plug them in because I sat there and waited for the toaster to toast my bagel once and it took a very long time until oh. I plugged it in. Oh, that's pretty funny, Ellie. Yep. <laughs> that's, there you go. There's a good practical tip. <laughs> I like it. 
Now, another option and is that once you get off the bus and you start walking towards the start area, for the last couple of races, there have been two or three food trucks parked outside. Food available there, of course, debit card or cash. There is a tent set up once you get to the start area, a tent set up with coffee, I suspect water, uh, I don't know. They, they had uh, donut holes, things like that. Not any real breakfast, but there is food and there is coffee available there at the start. You need to bring your money, you pay for it right there. Um, question, what are the race logistics of seeing characters? They're there. The characters are on the course. The characters are there. Typically, four characters are set up at the very beginning in the area when you first get to the race. Get there early. The lines get very long, very fast. If you're on the first bus, you might get to two characters, maybe three. If you're late, you'll be lucky to get one. And guys, um, for those of you who it's your first race, um, or if you haven't run a race in a long time, um, there is no way for us to know which characters are going to be out on which race. We can deduce a little bit by characters that have previously been at races, but we don't know. Nobody ever knows for sure which characters are going to be out. So as much as we'd like to give you a list, we cannot. But it's a fun <laughs> game to play in the corrals so that yeah. you and your friends can guess which ones and see who gets the most right. I can promise one. Yep. Dopey, Dopey's going to be out there. And Jeff Galloway will be out there at some point. That's a different character stop. Yeah. Because <laughs> now we're talking character stops on the course. Right, right. On the course. Yeah, I, I don't know. There are a couple that have been there um, every time I've done Dopey. Uh, Mary Poppins has been there every time I've done Dopey. The Grave Diggers are there for the marathon. A great character stop, by the way. Um, Jeff said he will be there. They put Jeff in different places for different races, and he's just there to meet and greet and say hi. But the character stops along the course. You're just, if you have the time, you're going to get in line. There's a, typically, not at every stop, but typically there's a photo pass person there, and they will also take your phone and take pictures using your phone. And now Jeff will be at the start too, so keep your eyes open. Sometimes he is like in and around uh, as the corrals move in to the start line, and you can talk to him there too he'll be cheering everyone on yeah he's a good guy now this is an important question how do you ask for first aid on the course if you need it um you can yell no i'm, I'm just being funny if you need first aid on the course that's a big deal there are medical folks on bicycles on the course who will not be far away there are medical stops but there are only a handful of those. They're spaced out a little bit. So if you need help on the course, just let someone know you need help. Um, I I did once, and I had no trouble finding somebody. Within, I had no trouble finding somebody, and within about 30 seconds, a golf cart was there. So that is available. Now, hopefully, none of you are going to need that. So... And for the medical tents, I believe they have, um, at least for the full and the half, they have Biofreeze, Vaseline, 
um, ibuprofen. I'm not sure if they have ibuprofen and Tylenol, um, but they'll have some kind of anti-inflammatory. Um, those are the ones I've personally used at the medical tent. Okay. All right. Here's a question we get every now and then. How and when can you stop for rides during a race? Anybody here ever done a ride during a race? I came close. I didn't do it. The answer is it is a matter of timing. You need to be at a park when it's open. And for a lot of these races, you're going to be through the park before they open. Uh, The big one used to be, before they changed the course, the big one used to be Everest in Animal Kingdom. Because at a reasonable, you didn't have to be that fast to get there at about the time that Everest opened. And that's changed a little bit now. So you've got to time it out. The other thing that's gone is people used to set up fast passes for a one hour block, figuring they'd be at a certain point within an hour. The The two favorites are Everest and Tower of Terror to ride, but it's a matter of timing. You get no special privileges for being in the race. And if- I, I would warn with Tower of Terror, think of it this way. You have the line, but then you have the library show and then you have another line and yeah. then you get on the ride. The ride lasts, I, gosh, three and a half minutes. So in total, it's, you're really taking about 15, potentially 20 minutes, depending on how fast the uh, lightning lane is used. Just a heads up. Sorry, I used to work. Oh, no, that's a good, that's a good heads up. That really is. Yeah. And, and you, Jack would know, of course, text the expert there. Um, so you, you've got to, you've got to time it out. Can it be done? Yeah, folks do it all, every year, but you've just got to time it out. Um, describe the end of the race. Well, we talked about the beginning, the end of the race, and, and I, most everybody who talked about a race described part of this. You cross the finish line, first thing you get is your medal for that race. Keep moving. They're going to make you keep moving, and you should keep moving. It will help you out. Uh, if there are Mylar blankets we talked about, or uh, cooling towels available, they'll be next. Then you go through, there's water and Gatorade available. Keep moving, there's bananas, keep moving. At this point, if you're doing a challenge, if you've completed your challenge, there'll be a line for your challenge medals. If you completed your challenge, you go to the left, typically, it could change any year, pick up your challenge medal, go to the right, You've already got your race medal for that one. Uh, the last thing you get on your way out is the box we talked about and a banana. Keep moving. You're not out of the uh, you're not out of the woods yet because the very last thing before you head back out into the reunion area is your gear check pickup. That's where the buses are. You can pick up your gear checks check stuff there. Right after uh, you get out of the chute, you get your medal. The uh, medical tent will be there also if you need medical assistance or anything going on. Good. Or thanks. ice. Ice. Yeah, I, no, ice is, that's right. Very good. Good. Yeah, I did miss that. Thank you. Um, post-race questions. What if I want to go straight to a park after a race? How does that work? Well, you might want to shower, but <laughs> the people in the park would appreciate it. But I don't think it's a rule. Um if you got your magic band and you got a park reservation, you'll be at Epcot. So 
the buses in the reunion area are going to take you back to your resort. But it's not that long of a walk to the regular bus area. So you can go to a park after a race. How do you get back to your resort? There are buses right there. They're all labeled. They're all clearly labeled. They're typically big balloons up in the sky. And one last thing I wanted to talk about was PhotoPass. If you purchase PhotoPass or if you have it as part of your annual pass, look for the instructions on the back of your bib to tell you how to sync the photos that are taken with your My Disney Experience account and give them a little bit of time after each race to expect your photos. Gang, I think we covered quite a bit. Did we leave anything out? Oh yeah, have fun. Have fun. On top of all that, have fun. Oh, and here's one more. Wear your medals. Wear your medals. If you go to the park during the day, this is a place where people wear their medals and they're proud to show them off. So wear your medals with pride. Friends, let's let's visit with our guest for the evening. Greg, why don't you tell us who we're talking with? So when we were planning out a couple of episodes, you know, to get us through the holidays and into early next year, you know, we've been really big on our podcasts that we listen to series. And I know that one podcast that we do listen to a lot is Runners Without Limits. And then we started doing our research and realized that our next guest has quite the portfolio outside of a podcast to thinking, no, this isn't going to be a podcast we listen to. This is just going to be a full-fledged interview. So we are beyond thrilled to be joined by Heather Jergensen, the uh, creator of the Runners Without Limits website, podcast, and YouTube channel. Heather, welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's exciting to be on this side of the microphone for once. I don't have to go back and edit it now. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get things started. You know, I just you know mentioned all the different mediums that you're involved with. What came first? And then how did that snowball into everything you have today? Snowball's a good word for it, actually. Uh, yeah, I started in 2016 actually before that i wanted to try my hand in the blog space and write and and you know write articles and i had a website it feels like four or five names ago now and i kind of stumbled upon a woman on youtube she's now amy landino but at the time she was savvy sexy social she did this thing called vlog every day in april and so basically on a dare I decided I was going to try this back in April of 2016. And I got all the way through it. I had a lot of fun doing it. I felt more comfortable in front of a camera instead of, you know, writing. Uh, And so it really did snowball from there. Um, After that first 30 days, I said, okay, I started to kind of share my journey through triathlon and running because when I was starting out, I knew nothing. And I was just kind of stumbling in the dark through a really cluttered room, right? And I couldn't find my way. And I was just stumbling along, learning lessons the hard way as I went. And so as as I started to learn these lessons through social media and all of these other things, I decided I 
and I kind of recently came to this conclusion that I want to be the voice that I needed back in, you know, 2013 and, and beyond that, because that's really when I, I started um, doing a lot of the bigger distances. So they kind of did, it snowballed. And then once I discovered Run Disney, all bets were off. And, and uh, that's, so I started in 2016 with the YouTube channel. Um, and then after that, the podcast kind of evolved as I started meeting people through this amazing Run Disney Run Tribe. Um, my friend, uh, Jen Sorensen, who is my podcast co-host, and I said, you know what, we should put together a podcast. So we started that in May of 2019. We've been going since then. The Runners Without Limits website came up during the pandemic. It's just been um, one thing after another. I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, you know, you mentioned talking about, you know, doing triathlons and, and those types of adventures. Give us your Run Disney backstory. How, how did you know, you said, you know, you called it a tribe and I think that's a, a perfect word for it. How did you get involved with it and, and how did that evolve as well? Um, I wanted something. I had worked my way up. I started, you know, as a swimmer. I've been a swimmer my whole life. So triathlon was kind of a natural fit for me. Uh, ultimately, I worked really hard all the way up to kind of the biggest event that you can do, which is an Ironman. And I decided when I started that training cycle, I needed something on the back end to reward myself. I wanted something fun. And somewhere along the way, I think in that whole process, I found a run Disney booth at, I think, a half marathon or marathon expo that I had gone to. And I'm like, what is, what is this? I just saw, you know, the running Mickey on the silhouette on, on this big booth. And he started telling me about the Goofy Challenge and then the Dopey Challenge and all of this stuff. And you get to run through the castle. And I'm like, ooh, this sounds like fun. It was the perfect reward for me because the 2015 Superheroes out at Disneyland was my first, uh, my first event. And that happened with the half marathon on my birthday. Oh, cool. So I thought, you know, it's perfect. I, I, so I did all three events. My family came out with me and, and it was, that was my first event. Then I kind of took a little break from it, went into training for Dopey of 2017. And it's, again, it's another snowball. It's another really big snowball. And I've done uh wine and dine. I've done uh Dopey Challenge. This will be my third Dopey coming in this year. I've done Goofy, uh, Star Wars, the last Star Wars event. I did the last uh, Superheroes event. So through all of this, again, the tribe kind of shows up on social media and we start talking about Run Disney. And you start to connect with certain people and putting you know, handles to personalities. And then you start having these conversations offline then you show up at, at, at Disney and you get to put a face to a name and it's like you've known them for years. And so that was where I started finding these people. And, and it's fun because out here in Denver, there are very few of us that kind of live here, at least around me. And so I get to meet people from all over the world and we kind of converge on Disney to do these races. That's kind of the fun part. The, the races are fun. But then you also have this community that's come together around it in this shared sport of running that happens to be at Disney as well. 
So you know, and it's so interesting, you know, to hear you talk about, you know, like the handles and, the, and matching the faces. I was kind of looking at at it as you know, like six degrees of separation of with Kevin Bacon and stuff like mm-hmm. that because. You know, in watching your videos and reading your content, you know, people we, who we've had on the podcast before, you know, like Laura Fry, and then and then I'm friends with Gerald Resnick, and I I know the two of you have you know a great relationship and everything like yes. that. You know, so it just it it is really cool how even though you know there's a bunch of Facebook groups out there and Instagram followers and everything like that. You know, even though we have our own smaller tribes. In essence, we're just one big happy family. And I think that's what makes this community really, really special. Yes, I love I, you, my favorite people. Like I've met so many amazing people um, very early on. Uh, Rez runs, Gerald and I, we did a 10K together. Uh, and if you go into the Wayback Machine, it was 2018 10K, I think, for the Dopey Challenge. We were Flynn and Rapunzel and we sang and we were just hamming it up and it was it was a real thrill laura and i have gotten uh very close because we're both coaches now and so we kind of went through coaching almost within a year of each other and we had very similar experience so we've kind of bonded over that um and and it's just you know not only that but you know jen i've met the joyful miles crew uh all of these amazing groups that have come together and they all kind of have their own little voice and own little personality, but there's so much crossover. And so the folks that are in my podcast, Facebook group, Runners Without Limits, you know, are also over in Joyful Miles or they're in the Run Disney Princess family, all of these other things. And so they, we all kind of come together and it, 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 it's a very special time. I come out of these events absolutely exhausted. I don't want to miss a minute of anybody. I know there are people that I I almost don't see, but I I try to get around to everybody as much as I can. So I just love it. it I'm really looking forward to to headed down heading down to Dopey. I've just got to pack. <laughs> <laughs> well you definitely got plenty of time for that, that's for sure. <laughs> you say that. <laughs> <laughs> So Heather, you you described it perfectly. We're always exhausted after the races because there's so many people we want to see in such a huge family. Um, right now, most of us are are doing our last simulation, or a lot of people have done their last simulations, and it's time for tapering. And I'm wondering if you can um, describe what tapering is to us and um, how long would be the ideal tapering phase. It's such a good question. And the thing is, things like the marathon, goofy, dopey, they require a little bit more of a taper than something like the half marathon. You might take you might take the shorter the race, the shorter the distance, uh, the the shorter the taper really needs to be. Uh, when you're talking something like the dopey challenge, you're looking at around three weeks, four weeks, depending on which training cycle you're using. If you're using one of Galloway's plans, it'll look a little different than Higdon and, and so on. What you'll notice is you're, if you're following the plan is that your mileage drops off in those last few weeks. And you're like, why? Why is, the, why is this happening? I should be running more because I'm getting closer. Well, if you were to imagine sort of a, an up, like an uphill slope, Okay, that is your training volume as you're going up and up and up. And then there's a short drop off before the before the race day. Well, what's happening with all of that, that's your volume. That is how much you've been running over the course of the last 
seven years, it feels like six months or so. Um, so what's happening is that your, your, your body is starting to fatigue. Your form is starting to deteriorate a little bit and you're just getting tired. Your body has accumulated so much fatigue that what it's going to do during taper, because you're resting a little bit more, you're not working as hard. What it's going to do, it's going to start taking the rest and the recovery time and building up. It's sort of like it's fighting off something. And now it's like, I am going to do this really, really well when it comes time to do it again. So your body is taking that rest time. And I think a lot of people don't understand that taper is one of those times, along with re the recovery after the event, that you know rest is where the body repairs itself. It's not, you're not getting faster and stronger doing the running alone that pushes you outside, that pushes your body into a state of stress and the rest allows it to adapt to that stress. So it's that rest that we need in, in that period of time of taper, which is why we go absolutely Looney Tunes because we feel like we need to be doing more. We're, it, the hay is in the barn and we can only do so much um, to keep ourselves healthy, we start, you know, looking at someone sideways if they sneeze in the wrong direction, <laughs> all of those things. Um, but what, during taper, we we want to make sure that it's not just physically, but our immune system's out of whack, our hormones are out of whack. Uh, this is a time to um, eat a little bit more, start, you know, carb loading and and getting on the protein to do all of this repair, because once you've done all of this adaptation, then your body is ready to hit the start line. Now, the hard part with the multi-day challenges, you know, any of them throughout the Run Disney uh, calendar is that usually when we taper, we go really hard for one day and we're done. <laughs> but with the dopey challenge, no, we have four days in a row. So it really becomes a, a matter of managing those four days as well. So it really does having all of that um, rest and recovery kind of coming in. It's kind of like you just got to trust what you've done so far. You know, let, let's build upon that. You, you mentioned a little while ago that you know, you've know you run three dopies. Are, are you running dopey this year? I am. Okay, so you're you're going for your fourth. I know myself, I'm running my first dopey. John's got one under his belt. Alicia's got one under her belt as well, too. As someone who has done this several times, what advice can you give to someone like me, you know, tackling this for the first time of advice to make sure that we remain physically and mentally sane over the course of these four days of Magical Miles? Can't speak to the mental sanity part of it so well as I can the physical side. No, I, I, I'm, I'm kidding. Certainly, I think a lot of it is there is this, um, a sort of a fatalistic. You leave it up to fate, and what you have done so far, it's a matter of trusting what you've done. It's a matter of trusting the coach that got you there. Whoever wrote the plan, whoever you know, if you have a coach. They've gotten you this far. Trust them that that they've done what they can do for you. I think it becomes, you know, 
Jeff Galloway is a really good example. He's forgotten more about running than I will ever learn. And so if you're following his plan and you're looking at a taper going, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. The fact is you can, we can, it's amazing on race day, how, or for race days, how sheer adrenaline and excitement and fun and our friends and the community and the atmosphere just pushes us forward. And that is not something that I can give you as experience. That's just something you have to just feel for yourself. And once you're there and you've got Carissa and you've got DJ CJ and they're kind of pumping you up and you've got the fireworks going off and all of that comes together to kind of help push you forward. Um, I think a couple of things that I like to remember about something like the Dopey Challenge. Goofy is another one too. It really is about survival. I mean, it is, you know, you want to finish upright and you want to just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And I think the first two that I did were cold. It was uh, 2017 and 2018. Those were both very cold events. So it, and you don't know what the weather's going to do. Goofy for me in 2020 I think if you, if anybody was there that weekend, it was hot and awful. And it was a, it was a horror show. And so you just don't know what the weather's going to do. So I think if, if you can just look at what you can control and say, all right, this is, this is my little sphere of influence. I can be prepared for the things I can't control and kind of problem solve that way. But really, I just have to trust my training that it's going to get me as far as it possibly can. Let's go back to your podcast for a second. Uh, Sure. I I know you changed the names a couple times, I think. But how did you come up with Runners Without Limits? I am. I have the coolest co-host because she's a marketing director, marketing and communications. And so we were actually forced into a position where we had to change the name. Um, I wasn't actually married to what was go find your awesome. I kind of, after a while, which started... is a great tagline, by the way, I, I, I want to let you know that because that was going to be my follow-up question. So, so yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it as a tagline. It was really fun. Um, but as a brand name, it didn't, it felt a bit generic. And again, we had to, we were forced to change. Um, uh, we were, um, we had some copyright things that we wanted to make sure that we weren't stepping on anybody's toes. So we were forced to change the name, um, which was kind of, it was, it was a blessing in disguise. And we said, so what do we want to do? And we workshopped a bunch of names. I can't remember any of them off the top of my head right now, but um, Jen just, you know, we started saying, well, runners without runners unlimited or, running unlimited or, or things like that. And then we started looking at trademarks, like what was available. Uh, and so runners without limits, uh, was available. And we thought, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good one. So I, I was really excited, especially around the time when we were talking with people like Wendy Larson, hand, uh, hand cyclist, we were talking to Lindsay Reed, who, um, uh, has epilepsy and all of these people who wouldn't let themselves, slow down. They just, they, they weren't going to take no for an answer. And they just, they said, this is what, this is, this is what we're going to do. And here we go. And you can't stop us. So that's kind of why we shifted into this runners without limits, just because that's from the middle to the back of the pack. 
it's easy to lose sight of what amazing obstacles people overcome uh, just to get to a start line, let alone a finish line. Absolutely. I just wanted to say that I love this this piece on your website, um, and I hope everybody takes some time to go look at their website, Runners Without Limits. But it says, you have no limits. No matter where you are in your running journey, you belong here. If you run, you are a runner. There are no pace requirements to achieve, no special accolades to earn a place in this tribe, just a desire to unlock your potential and discover what you can really do because you are a runner without limits. And I think that shows how inclusive you are. And that's just amazing. It, it really is one of the, the coolest things about uh, the running community at large and certainly the run Disney community. Um we're kind of this weird little subculture of of the running tribe and i and i love it because we're all kind of roped into this somehow with you know a friend says oh hey i'm running you know i'm running at disney why don't you come with me and it becomes this all right, I guess I'll do it. Then you end up having so much fun. I actually call it run Disney like the gateway drug. <laughs> it, it is. It's like it if, is. You, it is. if you enjoy run Disney, then, oh, well, it's a really I'll expensive gateway drug. <laughs> so much. Um, but it really becomes this, well, okay, run Disney's been fun. I'm still going to do it. But then I'm also going to try something else because I want to see how far I can push myself. And um, I'm a coach as well. And I get to talk to my athletes and I've been talking to a lot of them this week. Like, I want to see what else I can do. I want to see how far I can push myself outside of what I expected at the beginning of this year or at the beginning of my running journey. I never thought I would do X. And a lot of people are like a 5k or a marathon or dopey challenge or whatever. And yet now they've done it, which I always believed that they could do, but now they're like, well, okay, if I can do that, what else can I do? And so I I love unlocking being a part of that um, sort of tapping into your own potential that you didn't even know was there. You just took someone to shine a light on it. So uh, we've seen you at the races. I know you are big into costumes. I think I saw you as a Tauntaun at uh, Expedition Everest at uh, springtime. Yes. <laughs> Where do you get your ideas? And I know you do a lot of group costumes too. So yeah, oh, yeah, especially the Mighty I, Ducks. That was my that was my favorite group costume you, you ever did. I there are a lot of things that I'm really proud of. Um, one of those things is that I have selected some amazingly creative friends. <laughs> I um I I really struggle with coming up with my own costumes unless I know I'm going to run by myself. I just kind of you know, if it's just me, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of Disney bound something that's related to that theme. Um, when I found out because springtime surprise this year, uh, in 2022 was, um, what used to be the star Wars event. A lot of us are still kind of in, um, protest, I guess that we're still going to dress as, as star Wars related things. So, um, when they said they were going to do, uh, uh, my friend, my friend, Kim, who her, her YouTube channel is sisters run the world. And she and her two sisters are training for the dopey challenge right now. Um, they kind of came up with this expedition Hoth 
We had inflatable tauntauns and lightsabers. It was a night race. We ran through Animal Kingdom. And it honestly is one of my favorite costumes I think we've ever done. I, I dressed as that again for Halloween this year because it was so great. Um, the Mighty Ducks, um, I because a lot of my friends are about a decade younger than, than me. They're all 90s kids. I'm an 80s kid. So I was in college when they're talking about, you know, you know, <laughs> like um, Mighty Ducks that came out when I was in college. So I missed a lot. And I'm so this whole 90s theme for Dopey, it's kind of lost on me. But, you know, one of them brought up the Mighty Ducks. And I thought that's kind of fun. I like hockey. I used to actually play hockey, you know, in a former life. Um, so it was kind of fun. And we just we put that costume together and we just we looked really great and it you know when colors kind of come out and pop and it looks unique and it's it's different and it's interesting um it it really does it brings in the fun and the crowd gets involved and uh the other runners get involved and so it, it becomes again kind of this big family on this parade of reunion that that is a lot of fun Hearing that there are inflatable Tauntaun costumes, um, right? I, I think we I think we need to do some type of like fundraising effort to get John into one of these for a future race because I mean he is our residential uh, Star Wars guy here on the podcast, so we, we definitely definitely need to make that happen. Nice, that's, that's easy. Okay. All right, all right. So we don't even need to do it for charity. All right, perfect. <laughs> okay, give me a Tauntaun costume. I'm done. There we go. I'll, I'll walk down the street in a snowstorm. <laughs> Love it. So one topic that I wanted to shift to, and you had a really, really fascinating um, video on your YouTube channel a couple of weeks about this topic. And I think you are actually our first guest that we have ever had who is a member of Club Run Disney. Mm -hmm. And I'm really curious to get your thoughts, the good, the bad, the ugly, and, you know, so that way our listeners can, you know, just hear the whole gamut of opinions because, you know, obviously everyone's got their own opinions, whether good or bad. So to hear someone who's actually laid down the money and has been able to experience the, the benefits, um, you know, enlighten us in, in terms of what do you think about it? It's it's really interesting because this was right before the pandemic they announced it. This was right around uh, the marathon weekend of 2020. They announced that this thing was happening. And there were a lot of us, myself included, that were just kind of mad about it. They it was it was not a good uh, fit as as we knew run Disney at the time. And a lot has changed, you know, proof of times have changed. They've, um, you know, they talk about star groups and corrals. There, there is this whole thing at the expo and the run Disney merchandise store became this chaotic free for all that was really troubling to, to get into. People were waiting in line at like three o'clock in the morning, like some kind of, you know, Bon Jovi tickets or something like that. I don't know. It was, it was getting out of control. And I understand that, Run Disney had to do some things to kind of shift some things around. At the time, there was VIP uh, race retreat and things of that nature. Runners Square, I think it was the, the last event. 
Um, and so they just started shifting all of this. And I was very vocal. I think it's, I think it's still on the website. I had a, I wrote a blog post about it, about all of the things, all of the reasons we didn't need this. We needed other things. We needed other things to kind of be put in place instead of this. Um, as the pandemic kind of let races come back in 21 and 22, it became clear that, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't a bad idea because the expo was so, I kind of deal with anxiety, social anxiety, overwhelm, um, and I get overloaded very, very quickly. So like the expo, in fact, I even made a joke about it in a, in a video a long time ago, like you approach it like Patton storming, you know, going up against, uh, you know, in World War II, I'm just like, it's this big, you have to have a battle plan going into the expo and it shouldn't be like that. So I finally, after watching some of these changes happen with Run Disney, specifically Proof of Time, that was a big one. When they dropped Proof of Time way down and it was a very strict Proof of Time, I thought, well, maybe that might be one thing. The early access to the expo. So there are three levels, as you've probably discussed here on the podcast, silver, gold, and platinum. I have the platinum, so I have um, the most expensive option. Um, given given the benefits, I actually had a massive turnaround this this year, having been through wine and dine. Um, it was early when we got there, but having that, you know, access to everything. You know, you you got to go in an hour before it opened to the general public. All of the stuff that that you might have wanted was there, and so that was. And it was quiet. It was kind of this. Oh, hey, how you doing? You know. Oh, do you want this size? I I have I've got an extra one in my bag or whatever. I don't. I was going to put it back, but here you go. It was a lot more um, congenial than than I've seen in the past, and so having that helped a lot. Um, Run Disney is in, excuse me, Club Run Disney is in Corral B. Um, given I had a really lousy weekend for wine and dine. So having that kind of advantage helped me kind of get through the half marathon. I'm much slower than I was three years ago. So it's really, I've, I've been struggling a lot with my, with my paces and my speed. So I just want to kind of survive. <laughs> so for me, um, there are a lot of things. It's not me rolling over and playing along. I'm still, it's, there are still different ways that they could address a lot of the issues, um, with, you know, resellers and, and things like that at the run Disney merchandise store. Um, but until they start asking me, it's like, I guess, I, I guess I'll do this just to see what it's like for the first year, whether or not I renew is a different story entirely, but it, for the one for the one event that I've seen it, which is wine and dine so far, um, I I can see the benefit. Unfortunately, it is expensive, and it is not for everyone. Not everybody can afford it. I'm an annual pass holder. That's getting more and more expensive. It's becoming um, 
it's becoming challenging. And, you know, Disney just in general, every single time you go and when you go to a full weekend, it's it ain't cheap. And having all of this stuff stack up and if you have like a family and not everybody or even worse, if everybody goes to run Disney, um, talk about how much that might cost. Um, so it, it becomes a question of what, what do you need? What do you need to get out of a run Disney weekend? Are you fine with going to the expo the next day? Are you, you know, do you need all the stuff at, at the, um, at the merchandise store? Do you, do you mind where you're placed in the corrals? Are you confident in your training? Um, you know, it, there are a lot of things the, the, the merchandise that you get is fine, but it's, it, it's the jacket, the, the, there's a, a virtual 10 K all of the stuff. It's, you know, they're add-ons and they're nice. Um, I could take or leave them, but that's, you know, my personal opinion, An- another jacket, another piece of run Disney merchandise I don't <laughs> really need. Cause I don't know where I'd put it. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it, it was worth it to try it out this year. And well, it'll, it'll remain to be seen once we get through a whole year because I haven't gone through the registration process um, when you get the early registration advantage too. So there's a lot to it. I, I think it's it's worth it if you can afford it and if you feel you need it for your own personal sanity, I think. Makes a ton of sense. Well, thank you for providing that perspective. Like I said, sure. I, I, well, I'm pretty sure that... You know, you're the first person uh, that we know that you know has, has purchased it. So hearing that insight, I think, is, is really beneficial not only to us but you know to, to our listeners as well too. Yeah. Um, to start bringing this interview to a wrap, I think the one thing you know we, we've been you know glowingly talking about the Run Disney community and, and how much it has benefited our lives. Obviously, you have participated in a lot of races. Um, I believe you're going for the perfect season this year, correct? Perfect season, yeah, from Wine and Dine 5K through, technically um, through springtime would be the per- the run Disney season, but I'm going to do Wine and Dine, the full Wine and Dine in 23 and Dopey 24 uh, because I turned 50 in 2023. And so this was always my plan to do not just dopey, but the perfect season during the 50th anniversary of, of, you know, all of this stuff. And then you've got an anniversary year for dopey and, and for the marathon. And so I felt like it was kind of the perfect time to do this. Um, so yeah, I'm going for the perfect year. Awesome. So obviously with a lot of races under your belt, and I know this might be a difficult question, but what has been your ultimate run Disney memory that you've had? Oh, I'm going to say, I mean, I have some amazing memories running races and laughing my face off. Uh, I think most recently would be the Wine and Dine 5K. We dressed as the uh, Cantina Band from Star Wars. We had kazoos. We were playing John (laughs) Williams music on kazoos for 3.1 miles. I was laughing so hard. Um, but I mean, every single event weekend has a special memory. I think there are times when it gets hard that, you know, you know, I think marathon 2020 is a really good example when Jen and I looked at each other at one point 
in the middle of that supper fest. It was so hot. People were dropping like flies. People were collapsing. It was hard. And I just remember us looking at each other at, at around mile 20 and we're like, this isn't about us anymore. We're going to, we're just going to keep a smile on our face and help people along the way. And, you know, we'd have extra, you know, sponges. We got sponges at one point, um, you know, the cool, cool sponges that you get. If we saw somebody sitting at the side, we would give them one of the sponges and like, here, just put this on your neck and, you know, kind of helping them along the way. Um, those are the kinds of times when, you know, we can laugh and have a great time, but there are also times when we come together in, I don't want to say crisis, but when it does get hard and we do kind of lift each other up and we see those times at the finish line where, you know, the masses around the balloon ladies, right? They're just kind of all crossing at the same time, but everyone's got their arms in the air. Everyone is cheering. And it may have taken them seven, seven and a half hours to finish that stinking marathon, but dang it, they did it. And to see, um, to see people do things, you know, coming in to run Disney from maybe not running at all or not being active at all, um, and hearing the stories of people conquering and doing something they'd never done before and saying, okay, yep, I did that. I just did that. Um, so those are the, those are the moments I really kind of bring with me and that keep me doing what I'm doing and keep me coming back to run Disney. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, Heather, we want to thank you so much for your time. But before we let you go, I, I grant I know we mentioned the YouTube page and the website mm-hmm. and the podcast, but we'll, we'll do the, the general podcast shtick here. Um, you know, why don't you go ahead and plug yourself and if people have additional questions or, or want to reach out to you, uh, h- how can they uh, make contact with you? Oh, that's great. Uh, I am all over all of the socials. You can find me at uh, on Instagram. I'm at Coach Heather J. That is where I kind of post a little bit of a more personal story on, on the regular. The YouTube channel uh, is Heather Jurgensen. It's not Runners Without Limits. It's just Heather Jurgensen. If you were to look me up, uh, you'd find me there. Um, I post, try to post a weekly personal training video. I try to post a, a video about training tips and here's, you know, something to think about. And then uh, recently I've been doing a run Disney series that uh, will hopefully end with the event guide, digital breakdowns, guys. Those are super fun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> looking through the digital <laughs> event guide. Um, on, I, I'm at runnerswithoutlimits.com on Facebook. I'm at runners without limits. We have the runners without limits podcast, Facebook group. That is our kind of our private little group, but you're welcome to join. We have great conversations over there. What did I miss? I said, uh, oh, and then the podcast, um, we have a weekly podcast at runners without limits and a biweekly Q and a session where, you know, our podcast, Facebook group throws out questions and we try to answer them as best we can. Um, so I think that's, is that everything? <laughs> oh, just, just, wow. just a few things, just a few things. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, Heather, best of luck in all your future endeavors with everything that you do. Um, you know, thank you for being another amazing voice in this awesome community that is run Disney. Uh, best of luck in your next dopey. And hopefully uh, we touch base with you in a couple of weeks uh, down in marathon weekend. Let's hope. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. I am looking forward to uh, catching up with you guys down in down at Disney. Thank you so much. 
thank you, Heather. We appreciate you spending time with us. Uh, we talked earlier when Alicia was talking about the expo. She talked about our friend Pam, uh, Fluffy Fizzies. I'll just repeat, she is taking pre-orders. She, you can use the happy running code for your affiliate link. You can go to her site and use that code, or you can go to the rise and run podcast.com site and order that way. Pam will be honoring the 10% discount on all pre-orders, but she will not be able to honor it at the expo this year. So if you want to get that discount order ahead and I typically order ahead and just pick the stuff up there. She has it waiting for us when we get there, but you can have it delivered if you want. Coming up next week, America's coach, Jeff Galloway will be with us with some last minute words of wisdom prior to marathon weekend. You won't want to miss that. Then after marathon weekend, coach Chris Twiggs will be with us. Coach Twiggs is a perfect Disney marathoner. There aren't many of those left. But Chris has run every Walt Disney World marathon since 1992. This will be number 30 for him. So it'll be really interesting to hear what Chris has to say about 30 years of running the marathon at Disney. All right, my friends, it's time for the race report. Before going through the list, I want to remind you, and this will be the last time to remind you that if you want your name in the roll call next week of folks at Marathon Weekend, make sure to add your name to the race report. It's at the top of the Facebook group. It's pinned to the featured section. All right. This week on Friday in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Allie and her daughter went dashing through the lights, the 5K uh, night race through the Lancaster Barnstormers baseball field. She said it was a bit muddy. Had a character stop with the Grinch and maxed out in their Christmas sweaters and Christmas outfits. Or Allie says she runs with her daughter, but her daughter makes her run too fast. So nice job. Uh, our buddy Joe finished the Honolulu Marathon virtually as part of his dopey sim. This is at least the second time Joe's done Honolulu as part of his dopey sim or dopey virtual. Good job, Joe, in Baltimore, Maryland. I'm going to use what I think is the preferred pronunciation, the Celtic Solstice five-mile run. Our friend uh, Tom from Will Run For did that one, as did Jen. Jen finished with a PR. It looked like it was kind of chilly for the race, but sunny, pretty sky behind her. Jen says it was a beautiful day. In Winter Garden, Florida, the 12 Ks of Christmas. Margaret, Margaret, with, of course, an appropriate costume for the 12 Ks of Christmas. And you're going to hear Margaret's name again during the race report. She's done a, at least two this weekend, maybe more. I lose track. Anyway, uh, very cold at the start. Margaret got off because of an excessively long porta potty line at the start. Margaret got off to a dead last start, which can be kind of fun if you're in decent shape because you feel really good passing people for a while. Uh, Margaret says this one race was kind of hilly, uh, but it was fun. Kayla did it. 
It was Kayla's longest run ever. Kayla's just starting with a run walk run. So she's practicing for future events. The San Diego Holiday Half Marathon. Taylor ran that one. Beautiful course. Her cousin and her cousin's husband ran it. It was their first half marathon, which means what? PR, of course. Uh, it was it was Taylor's 12th half this year. One per month. She's been to seven states in D.C. She set four PRs, and it all started back in January with the half at Dopey. And apparently is going to finish at least temporarily with Dopey this year. Mount Dora, it was a Saturday-Sunday run at Mount Dora. The 5Ks on Saturday, Jared did that one. In Ontario, California, the Ontario 5K, Camille did that with her husband, dad, and kids age four, six, and eight who did the one-mile fun run. And then Camille finished in the middle of a very large pack for the 5K. Missy ran the Run Run Rudolph 10K in Charlotte, North Carolina. Ashton and Jennifer ran the Hot Cocoa Cup 5K in Somerville, South Carolina. Ashton said she set a costume PR as she's upping her costume game. Good photos on that one. Looking good, Ashton. Uh, Santa's Twilight 5K. I didn't write down where this one, but I know it's in Central Florida because it's Margaret's second run for the day. She added it at the last minute. That it was an amazing event, another hilly run. Now, you have to understand, folks who live in Florida probably have a different definition of hilly runs than folks who li live in, let's say, western Pennsylvania or out in Colorado, someplace like that. But Margaret had a great run, uh, pushed this one a little bit, says she's really feeling ready for Dopey. Uh, Satellite Beach, Florida, the Jingle Bell Two Miler. Monica ra ran this one. There's a picture there of a whole mess of kids in a photo with Santa. I don't know if they're all Monica's or not, but her daughter did run and took third in her age group at a pace of 1520. I don't know how old Monica's daughter is, but she's a youngster. So 1520 for two miles, pretty darn good pace. I couldn't do that. So I think that's pretty impressive. Uh, hot chocolate, Christmas cookies, and Santa at the Jingle Bell two miler over on the east coast of Florida. All right, let's move along to Sunday now. Let's start in central Florida. Let's go back to Mount Dora in Marathon, Florida. This time for the Mount Dora Half, and with us tonight on the Rates Report Spotlight, we've got our friend Michael. Michael, good to see you, man. Welcome to the welcome to the Spotlight. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, uh, it's it's great fun, buddy. I promise we'll have a good time. Hey, uh, I I ask you think I would come up with more and different clever questions. You know, I've been doing this half a year now. I think, but I'm in a rut because I like this question because I get so many unique answers and we learn so much about our friends who are out there running. How did all this get started? How'd you get started running, Mike? Oh, wow. So I started running back in 2016, um, was seeing someone at the time that was part of a run club. And I thought I'd try to impress this person by going to the running store and getting fitted for shoes and pick up running. So went to the running store, downloaded the couch to 5k app, and then uh, just kind of picked it up from there. My first actual race was the 5K at Disney. Um, oh, good. 2000, yeah, 2016. 
Yeah. Um, 5K. Which, which one? Which, race. which weekend? Do you remember? Marathon weekend. Oh, marathon so, yeah. weekend. The 5K oh, yeah, marathon man. weekend. I was hooked. I was yeah. hooked. Yeah. <laughs> it has that effect on a whole lot of us. Yeah. And it's funny because I actually shouldn't, it, it, by all by all intents and purposes, I shouldn't be a runner because I'm a former pack-a-day smoker. So I yeah. quit smoking and picked up running. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. What's that done for your health? Uh, I think it's added a few years. <laughs> not <laughs> not on my so. knees, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we can talk about that offline, Mike. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, hey, yeah, yeah, that's that's the third category. Let's see, we have the the high school athletes, the guys and girls who haven't done it and picked it up, and then we have the group that did it because someone else got them into it. Guilty, so, guilty. Yeah. <laughs> that's excellent. That's excellent. Um, Let's talk about this one. It's I think it's actually in the city of Marathon, Florida, I believe. The Mount Dora Half Marathon. The burning question that our listeners want to know, is there really a mountain in central Florida? I know this is going to get fact-checked. So <laughs> there are no mountains in Mount Dora, although it feels like it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'll let you tell me about it in just a moment. I was We were talking beforehand, and I said at one point, the Disney cast members, when you were on the ferry heading over, they used to tell you, if Space Mountain was a real mountain, it would be the second highest peak in Florida. Turns out that's not quite true, but you get the idea. Florida is a pretty flat state. So let's talk about the run. The weather was pretty good for a race that day, wasn't it? Uh, um, as far as Florida weather goes, I don't think you're going to get a much better day. Yeah. I mean, starting temperatures, I think they were in the low 50s. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a rare thing. <laughs> yeah. It's been cool. And, you know, I'm... I'm on the coast here, so it's not always exactly the same. Well, it's close. I think it was cloudy over here. I don't know if you had sunshine over there or not. Um, we didn't get much sun until I want to say halfway through the race. It kind of started peeking out, and then it was oh, it was gorgeous though with the, the yeah. views and the sunshine. Whew. Well, hey, tell us about it. Tell us about the Mount Dora half. How'd it go? Oh, I had a blast. Um, these guys put on a great race. Um, the crowd's really, you know, energetic, a lot of fun, a lot of people dressed in holiday gear. So it's got a real great vibe to when you're starting. And then once it starts, you're you're going uphill. And and there's no bones about it. You start straight uphill. Um, but it's fun. It, it's challenging. I think that's why it brings me back to do it, because I know it's going to be a challenge. It's, it's unique for Florida, isn't it, that yeah, many hills? Yeah. And it does level out. So it's not all uphill. I don't want anyone to think that it's all uphill. I mean, there are parts where it just, it levels out. Um, but there are parts where they say it's rolling hills when you're going through some of the neighborhoods. And I'm going to say they're a little more hills than roll. <laughs> <laughs> like you'll be, you'll be yeah. going up a hill and yeah. you think you're at the top and then you take a turn and there's another hill right ahead oh, of you. Oh, I hate that. Oh, <laughs> oh I hate that when the hill turns. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's the worst. That's, yeah, but I mean, the oh, the other thing that's really cool is the people in the neighborhood come out. And yeah, that's cheering neat. on. Uh, there's even like the um, at Space Coast, there was a fireball table. Very good. <laughs> so someone had shots of fireball. I didn't partake, but um, yeah. yeah, no, the neighborhood's great. The support's great. Um, when you get down to the lake portion, uh-huh. uh, it's just this gorgeous. I mean, it must have been the, the weather because it was just this clean sheet, and then the sun was glaring off of it, and it was it was breathtaking down by the oh, water. Nice, a pretty big event, I imagine. Any idea how many runners? Um, I I want to say maybe between three and four thousand. It felt oh, like it felt like a lot big. of people. That's so big. Yeah, it felt big. 
Um, and obviously, um, you got your fast runners, but it, it, they had pacers too, which was great. And you okay. know, I settled in between the two times I was looking for. And nice, yeah, it was great. I was going to ask how you did, and you know how you do is how you know whatever your goal is. How, how do you make out? Um, I really didn't have. I mean, as you would say, it was a catered training run. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> so um, I just kind of really settled in and took it all in. And it was it was so much fun to actually be able to do that and not worry and just kind of give yourself up to the run. Yeah, neat. Neat. Sounds like a good one. Uh, may have to add that to my – I got so many daggum runs I need to add to my list. But this does sound like a good one. And you got that, you got that half over there in celebration just after Dopey and uh, – there's a, there's a bunch of good events in Central Florida this time of year. Oh, that sounds like a great event. So you said catered training run. That means to me you got something planned in the not-too-distant future. Yes. Um, uh, just wrapping up my Galloway customized training plan for uh, Dopey 2023. Yep. First one? Uh, second Dopey. Second um, Dopey. Yeah. You think I would have learned my lesson the first time? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> when did you do the first one? So I did it back in 2018. Okay. Yeah. So that was my second marathon, first dopey back in 2018. And, and you've run a couple other marathons since then. Yep. Uh, this will be number five. They've all been Disney. And uh, okay. so this will be okay. number five coming up. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Good. Look forward to seeing you down there. Um, what else is on in the future for you, Michael? Uh, after Dopey, it's going to be a little bit of a lull back into training and then uh, gearing up for Boston 2023, my uh, my biggest bucket list race of them all. That was the Boston Marathon. Yeah. That, that is, by definition, I think, the biggest bucket race bucket list race of them all. Oh, yeah. Um, growing up in New England, I mean, obviously, yeah. you watch it every every year and, you know, you get into running, you say, yeah, I'm going to do that one day. And, you know, luckily, I was able to get on board with a, a really great charity with Dana-Farber and I got my bib and now Excellent. it's just uh, putting in the work and getting Excellent. to that starting line. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, we wish you all the luck in the world on that. I, I also wish you good weather. I've seen some decent weather. I, I've watched a bunch of them too. Seen some deep, seen some just God awful weather out there. What was it? Uh, the year that Des won it, where it was that hypothermia rain they had. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I'm going to say 2018, but I could be off a little bit on that. But I think it was the worst weather for a race I've ever seen. Oh, it was brutal. 35 brutal. raining, 30 mile an hour winds. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> but but you know what? If that's your lone shot at Boston, man, you show up and you do it. And the numbers were astounding as to the percentage of people that showed up and the, I think 95% of the starters finished that race that year. Yeah. It, it was, it was, I watched it on TV. It was pretty amazing to watch. So. Yeah. I was cold watching it on TV. <laughs> I, I was in Alabama at the time, but, uh, but yeah, that was nasty. So let's see, let's, uh, let's go back to Mount Dora one more time and let me ask you recommended for folks. And if so, is there anything you would like to tell them before they get there? Uh, I think if you're, especially if you're training for a, a long run in say January or February, this is a great race. Uh, there's a lot of support. It's um, well organized. Um, as far as things people need to consider, I think obviously the rolling hills, but there is a out and back kind of like you get at Animal Kingdom between miles nine and 10. And if you're not ready for it, it can kind of be a, kind of be a, a 
a crusher. You know what I mean? Where you kind of plays with your mind a little. Yeah, where you think you're there and then you can't see the turnaround until you actually get there. There's a bunch so, of those, it sounds like. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they so, hide the hills around corners and they hide the. God, them sneaky folks in Central Florida, I'll tell you. <laughs> it's a sneaky race, yeah. <laughs> but the finish is downhill, so that's a, that's a plus. Oh, that's always encouraging. That is that's that is absolutely a plus. I agree with you. All right, Michael, it's it's always a pleasure. We're glad you took some time out of your evening to chat with us, and now we know all about the famed Mount Dora in Central Florida. Thanks, Mike. We look forward to seeing you in January. Thanks for having me. Can't wait to see you guys there, and good luck to everyone training. Michael, thanks for the great report. Also running the Mount Dora half, Jared, who ran the 5K, did what's called the Dora Double, the 5K on Saturday, the half on Sunday. Ryan Ryan actually did his as a training run. He did 10 one-mile repeats and hit his target pace for all 10 miles and finished crossed the finish line at the end of that 10th one-mile repeat. Way to go, Ryan. That's pretty tough. Adam and Jennifer, our friends who were on the race report spotlight following Space Coast just a couple weeks ago. They did this one. Adam runs as Jennifer's guide. Jennifer has a visual disability. Jennifer had a goal in mind. She wanted to break two hours and set a PR. Finished in 157. Way to go, guys. Good run. In Tampa, Florida, not far away at all, the hot chocolate run. They had a 15K and a 5K. Mary did the 15K with a friend. She spread the word about the podcast. Thank you, Mary. We appreciate that. Great looking medal. Really nice looking medal for this one. Uh, And actually a good day to run in in, uh, Western Florida here. It was kind of cool. 15K for Mary, 5K for Tiffany. In Somerville, Mass, the Somerville Jingle Bell Run 5K. Emily ran it. Emily described this as a full circle moment for her. Uh, Ten years ago, her uncle signed her up for the 5K. And to this for this event, not only did she PR, but now she has her second and third half marathons coming up over the next few months. So a full circle 10-year I don't want to say anniversary run, but significant run for Emily. In Galveston, Texas, the Santa Hustle Half Marathon. As part of her dopey sim training, Kate ran that one. Said she saw two other dopey runners. The win was brutal, but they finished the race. In Pensacola, New Jersey, Jack ran the Frosty Looper 8-hour race. I, I didn't see a report from Jack. I'll look for it, and if I see one... We'll come back to that one next week. And finally, a virtual run, the Run for the Claws 5K. Our buddy Joe did that one because he said he just had to have the medal. And that finishes this week's race report. Friends, no no Zoom call tonight. There will be one the following week, December 27th. It'll be the last Zoom before we head down for Marathon Weekend. So we look for you to join us then. All right, my friends, and if you run, you are our friend. It's a special time of the year. It's the holiday season. We hope you're having a wonderful and joyous holiday. We're going to be excited to see you in just a few weeks, and I'm going to change things up just a little bit at the end and wish you all merry running. 
The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer.